Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. I built a wall, I built it strong, I built it tall. And now we're back. How are you doing this morning, Mrs. Fairbanks? (laughs) I'll take that giggle as a good. Did you kill? Have you? How many mice have you killed this week? Well, okay. How does it feel to be a murderer? Well, I feel, I feel like a gross person because. Yeah. I mean, I've been meaning to say something to you. Well, I have a problem because, like, I am very type A and I'm organized and I'm clean and, or I try to be, but I have three little monsters and apparently we're disgusting, like, because it's, this is, oh God, how deep do I want to go? Well, you have yet to say anything yet, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've just been doing a lot of thinking up there. And then, like, some words have been coming out as you've been thinking. <laughs> it's, so, I don't have, like, an official job that I go to that's a 9 to 5, right? I also battle with the fact that people think that I don't work then, bitches. Bitches. Because it's... But I'm, I've been working in the office a lot more. So, my normal system of... At the dental office. The dental office indubitably the scraping of the teeth henry's so disgusted because he he thinks i'm a dentist so he's like you clean other people's teeth like that's just so disgusting why on earth would you subject yourself to such terrible sounding tortures but anyway so i've been working at the dental office a lot more so my normal like system of things has been a little amuck but um, at the house. At the house, yeah. yes. Gosh, Go ahead. Am I missing? You were just. You're not, <laughs> I'm sorry. You were, not, you were doing so much. You were doing so much thinking. Yes. About what you want to talk about. But it's so uh, my normal systems at the house are a little askew. But like when I clean, every time I clean, it's like God. Especially the bathroom, which I don't think is abnormal. It's just our bathroom is disgusting. Like, we're literally, we just did the ceramic tile mat a year and a half ago-ish. And I'm at the point where it's like, we have to redo, we have to redo the entire bathroom. We have to redo the whole house. Well, now I am, first of all, I know I don't want, because we, you and I did the ceramic ourselves in there. And it was a vast improvement from what is there. But I've learned that I don't want anything to do with grout. Because grout is porous. Was that your first home improvement like activity that you truly have been involved in? No, my first was the peel and stick tile that oh, we did right, in the Portland house that I very... got pissed because you were working all the time. And I'm like, fucking, I'm just going to do it myself. I did a damn good job. Those look awesome. I know. We should just do those. Listen. <laughs> what? So I don't want ceramic tile anymore in the bathroom because like most people, I think at least the ladies like 
all the ladies. Yes, all the ladies. Is when they're in a room, they're like, you know, I really need... This room needs a deep cleaning. Like, we need to scrub the baseboards. I don't think that's all ladies. I definitely think it's you. And that's fine. Yeah, maybe I'm There definitely are some people that I don't know if they're cleaning. I can't tell you how many times a day, like, I'll sit to pee and it's just like... There's an overwhelming wafting of urine. So I think like that's probably I, very exclusively for families of boys. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I need to get down. I need to, so like I feel like most people, when they get in a like a deep cleaning mode, and it's like, you know, I'm gonna bust out the toothbrush and like I'm gonna scrub this grout so it's extra clean, like once in like a blue moon, right? That does. Happen. I'm talking two, three times a week. I do that. I get on my hands and knees. I have a special toothbrush I keep in the cabinet and I scrub the grout with bleach and urine gone, which apparently is an enzymatic cleaner that you just spray and then leave because it's supposed to like break up the bubbles of urine and you just don't wipe it off and it doesn't work. It's still there. So anyway, so I don't, I no longer want ceramic tile in the kitchen. Coming back full circle to the mice Are there thing. people peeing in the kitchen? What? No. You said ceramic tile in the kitchen. Ceramic tile in the bathroom I don't want. Oh, okay. I want like a one, like I just want to have the old school, like the vinyl flooring. That's typically want like, like black and white checkers. I just like you unroll it and it's one sheet. That like also one. goes up the wall a little bit. Yeah. So like, and then there's like a single drain in yep. the middle of the floor. We can come in with like a hose and all we need is like a spigot mm-hmm. like in there that you can hook up. And just pure white because the amount of bleach that I use is going to turn it white anyway. Just a hose. It's The boys like it. are so disgusting. It's like a kill room now. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like I'm, in all seriousness, I'm, there I'm, has I'm to you. be a, this is the place where they like slaughter animals. <laughs> and like whatever cleaning mechanism occurs post slaughter. So people get is all, what I need in my bathroom. People get all excited. They're like, oh, you guys are remodeling your bathrooms. Like, yes. Yeah. So they come over to like, check it out. They're like, oh, what the fuck? It's not going to look anything like an updated. <laughs> are you guys planning on never selling this house? Lovely this is, stones. This is. And like, you know, all that fancy, like fancy tile shit that they do in the showers these days. Kill room at a meat processing plant. Exactly. And apparently we just need to keep the temperature in there at like a steady 42 degrees. So the bacteria can't grow. So that like the urine wafts can be subdued a little bit. Because I also noticed that going outside now now that we no longer have five damn dogs in the house. Yeah. And we just have Coco. Oh, Lou. Made me think of Lou. Because she used to pee. Lucy is the dog that we have that that is dead in the backyard. Yeah, Yeah. And I miss her. She's right out there. I love her. Mm-hmm. But she was the worst at just because she's getting old, like super old, like can't yeah. walk up the stairs. So when she would go pee, she would pee like right in that spot and would kill the grass. Yeah. The, your parents' dogs got to the point where they wouldn't even go in the grass. They were peeing on the driveway. So when you would walk down the stairs in the mists of summer, it would just, it, it would be like being in my bathroom. And the kids also would pee on those rocks. Because they're. The pee pee rocks. <clears throat> the pee pee rocks, and so, so the pee pee so rocks. Eloquently named them. Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, it it, 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 it was, was bad. But in the winter, there's very there's very few things I like about winter. Pretty sulfury out there. But my top three, 
Top three are faves. the lack of snakes. That's number one. Yum. Number two is the lack of um, lawn chores that are required. You love lawn chores, though. I do so love. Definitely I love lawn chores when I have. When I'm lacking lawn chores. But when lawn chores overwhelm my day and take away all my time, then I don't love lawn chores. So that's yeah. number two. And a strong third is the lack of urine smell in the winter. Those three things. That? Anyway, back to the mice. So I feel like a gross person because no matter how much I clean, every time I look around, everything's just trashed because the fucking kids. Right. And so apparently we have mice. Right. And yeah. also, so our garage is sits right underneath our dining room and like our dishwasher. Right. We have an unfinished garage. That's unfinished. Well, yeah. The ceiling is not finished. That's why it's open and exposed. And that's we where mice come in. No, because it's infin- infinitely easier to take care and do anything we need to because we don't have a drop ceiling in there. If we have a ceiling out there. Well, yeah, because that's how we were able to do like the dishwasher the and the water line for the all the things. Yeah. Um, no, we're not changing that. Okay, but apparently, mice get up there and Correct. then they go through the dishwasher and it's a whole thing. So, right. we have a cat. Miss Kitty has caught a couple mice on her own. There's, but then it's two that we can confirm for sure. Yeah, in the beginning, because we had mouse traps in the basement too. Right. And the first week that we brought her home, apparently, uh, I was with her in the morning. Because she would get up, she would wait for me to yeah. get up, and then she would be up and hang out with me in the, here in the office. And you witnessed a murder. Oh yeah. Okay, so you witnessed one, and then apparently a mouse got caught in a trap, and then she proceeded to gift that mouse to Michael in his sleep. So she carried the dead mouse with the mouse trap up the stairs, and then set it next to Michael's pillow. Yeah, he was super excited. So about that, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then the third confirmed kill. She gutted him at the top of the stairs. Yeah, and I did his dead body for everyone to see. Yes. I did not witness it, but I go to the top of the stairs and it's like. A scalpel. Yes. She like took like her fingernail. Deboweled. And deboweled. <laughs> it's awesome. The mouse. Its intestines were like, I was impressed. I wasn't yeah. even grossed out. Yeah. But it's, she wants to show her kills. But then there was a mouse in the garage that had like a broken ass leg. Mm-hmm. So I put her in the garage. And then she took one look at it and was like, no. It's unless there's the chase. Yeah. Like, she wants to earn her murder victory. Yeah, they have murder on their minds. Yes. They don't want to be, like, fed a dead animal. He wasn't dead. He you was know dying. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yes. But anyway, so she knows that she can hear him because she'll sit by the dishwasher. Or when I open up the cabinets, she will climb in because they also are behind the stove. Yeah. And you think like, okay, you morons, just pull out the stove and then just get the mic. Yeah, we've done that a million times. And right. every time we do. And like, I again, I'm a deep cleaner. And I the, go back and clean that shit and it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we set some traps in the number two drawer where I keep my oven mitts where those bitches have. Definitely appear to be hanging out. Yeah. And we've those killed fuckers. two we've in killed the last two. two days. And it's always like. A surprise. Like this morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to check to see if there's a dead one. Yeah. But um, in the past, it's just been like, okay, I need to get something out of the stove. So I'm going to open up the oven mitt drawer. And it's like, oh, shit. 
dead mouse. Right. So that's not fun. Again, I don't like talking about this because it sounds like we live in filth. And I try really hard for us to not live in filth. I But think apparently it's... we're disgusting people, John. I just don't think we are. It's just... We live in an older house. Yeah. And we live in a rural area. Well, and talk about mice. You want to see where there's mice. The chicken coop. Shit. And there's also that too. Like the field, like field mice is a thing. I didn't feel like field mice was a thing in Florida. And I don't remember field mice in Indiana. For sure there's field mice because there's so many snakes in Florida. They probably exist. Yeah. I just, I don't remember seeing this level of mice as like a thing. Right. And it's because we have the feed that's out there. But there's so much fun to feed to the chickens. The chickens are so, they're so, like talk about, like you talk about a cat is like a murder machine. But you, but what makes a cat fun for me is that you can see. The joy. Yes. Of murder. Well, you always tell Miss Kitty, get your murder mittens on. Yes. Murder mittens. Because that's what she's got. Little little tiny murder mittens. It's like Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. It's like she's got these super sharp. Because that's when we adopted her. The agency we adopted from, they're, they're like, she's not declawed. And if you declaw her, we will take you to court. Yeah, it was like, pretty, pretty intense. And we're like, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think we were going to. No. Like, we're getting her from you because you're saying, you said she's not an asshole. Yeah. Because I have not met cats that are not assholes. Until Either this kitty. And literally. You've hated cats. Because they're stupid. They either are so antisocial that they don't want to hang out at all. So it's like you they might as well be paying you rent in your house. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> other cats that seem to be okay would just like they don't shit properly. So then it just reeks and your house stinks. So like there were so many pieces. Every cat that I met, right? Like it's you know what I mean? Like you cover your shit, dude. Yeah. Like it stinks. Like what the fuck? You're supposed to be like super self-sufficient yeah and you're not what's wrong with you? yeah exactly so either they're assholes either they're so antisocial they're not what's the point of having them or they are like they stink and they're antisocial until we got this cat and you don't like their faces like their faces just i like certain like cats they have faces. rbf real bad well sure but it's it's and so but then we got miss kitty miss kitty does not have rbf no and she's got all the, and she has been awesome Yes. And so that's why it's like, well, all right, we're coming to you. It, it's because she's not an asshole. Mm-hmm. And, and that was successful. Well, that was like on the criteria. It was like, listen, we want to adopt a cat. We need one that can hang with dogs and that isn't going to be an asshole. And little and, kids. And little kids. Like, like, do you have an impossible, do you have a cat that can fit an impossible need? Yes. Well, yes, we do. Fantastic. <laughs> that's the one we'd like, please. Yes. And she's rocked. She's been awesome. But yeah, big fan. Five stars. In terms of cats being like murder machines, is I think chickens may take the cake. Oh, because they so chickens murder, are like, like sharks. Yeah, like per capita, mm-hmm. they murder more things, and they're vicious. Because yeah. like you, when we let them out in the yard, like and they're everyone knows like they scratch right. It's like oh, they're getting like seeds and like pellets of grass. It's like no. They'll they, eat grass. Yeah, but their their ass is looking for, and they'll get like the slugs. Yeah, oh yeah. Or they'll find a cricket, or they will find a mouse, and they will play with it, and then they peck it and rip it apart. 
Mm-hmm. Like they peck it. And then another chicken will come and like rip off a leg. Yeah, it's like the Velociraptor. Like it's so. This it is why you know, dinosaur. right? Oh, for sure. This is why you know, like, because that they are they come from like a prehistoric line because they're one. Their eyes are completely lifeless. Like chickens have shark eyes. If you look into the eyes of a chicken, that motherfucker is like it's. How many times have you looked void. into the eyes of a shark? What does it mean to have? Did you life not watch Shark Week? What is wrong with I've you? I've never watched Shark Week. When I like Shark Week, Shark Week is awesome. Well, it's become ridiculous. Shark Week in the nineties was awesome, and early two thousands. Now it's like LeBron James versus a great white. You're like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? Like, <laughs> like anyway. But um, no, yeah, for sure. Like sharks and. Think about it, like reptiles, sharks, chickens. They have lifeless eyes. Like they're just they're, they're just a machine, right? Like cold-blooded animals. That's to me what like a chicken is. Because you – and that's why for me it makes total sense when people are like, oh, they are dinosaurs. Like the, there's like – I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory, but it's like the alternative theory of like dinosaurs – and the evolutionary track of like that's where chickens come from and probably like dinosaurs had feathers like the more and more what? that they're oh that's not that again that's not conspiracy theory whatsoever like the velociraptor is broken down to where they are pretty sure that velociraptors had uh like feathers like had wings well and the chickens are starting to molt a little bit so for non-chicken owners right is and we had this will be our first time going through it because when we get them when they're babies, they're called pullets. And they're called pullets to their first year of life. Then they're called hens. For females. For females, yes. Yeah. Cock rolls for men. Because cocks. Yeah. Yes. Hence the hence the cock, right? What are we talking about now? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> right? But that it's so it's a pullet and it becomes a hen. And while it's a pullet, it'll start laying sometime between 16 and 20 weeks of age. And the first year of life is it will lay through winter. But in a natural cycle is once the day, because they respond to daylight very heavily and they respond to temperature very heavily. So once the days start getting shorter, the weather starts getting colder. And it usually happens in that like late summer, early fall. So in the next month or two, they'll start molting. Mm -hmm. So last year we didn't experience molting because we got them when they're babies. So now we've come a year later. Right. And they should molt this year, which means that they're going to lose their feathers and, like, get a new set of feathers to prep for winter. Simultaneously, when that happens, they typically reduce or stop laying for about four months, right? Now, you can – there are a lot of people that, like, you can artificially – you can change their feed. You can get them artificial light so right, right, it right. keeps the days longer. Right. And then they burn their fucking coop down. Yeah. There are people that advocate for that all the time. And like uh, joining the chicken groups online, I've never done it. But if there's one thing I'm real fucking afraid of is artificial lighting in the coop. Because you have to put it inside the coop where they lay in their nesting boxes. And all it takes is one fucking chicken because it's held by an extension cord to like jump the wrong way. And then the light hits straw. And in case you don't know, straw is really dry and barbecue instantly. Like your whole shit just instantly burns. So you right. A lot of barbecue chicken. Now, granted, I'm sure like areas like the upper Midwest, that's like a frozen tundra. There's obviously like tricks that folks that live in like incredibly yeah. cold areas that how they're keeping chickens. But right. we don't have to do but that here. So 
And there's a vast difference between backyard chickens and like conventionally raised chickens. So we'll not even go there, but it's, they're going to start molting. So ours, there's been a couple chickens I've seen that have started to lose their feathers. And if you look at the skin, it looks scaly. It looks like a dinosaur. Well, God, look at their feet. Oh yeah. Their feet are are monsters. They're definitely like velociraptor feet. Yes. Like that's easy. And it's so unsettling. Because when I hold them, they take because they have and they just they wrap around like a baby. Yeah. But it's like scaly and it it looks like little witch fingers because it has like these long nails. It's so anyway. So I sing to my chickens. You do. You love the chickens. But they are lifeless beings. And what I mean is like that's why like when so the the best thing ever is when we come out and there are like. 15 baby mice that have gotten stuck in a bucket. God. You just take the bucket and throw the bucket of mice into the area and it's just like a free for all. Yeah. I mean there you can hear it's like squeak 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 squeak. <laughs> like you can hear Oh my god. Yeah. You can hear the terror and then it stops like 4.2 seconds later. Yeah. But yeah. They're awesome. And, and then they is- swallow them whole. They do. Super intense. Like they peck them and then like a leg may get ripped off, but it's because. Once they've played with them to where like they're sufficiently dead and really what they're doing is they're waiting for just a pause where the other chickens are not attacking them to steal it. Because that's what they'll do is they'll peck and they'll get it. And then there's five other chickens behind us like, give me that mouse, give me that mouse. And so it's like the one that has it in its mouth is trying to run away from the other chickens. Just to find a corner that I can't, but it it is like keep away. Yeah. Yeah. But they do it to everything. Mice. They killed a frog the other day. They killed a frog? Mm-hmm. Eggshell. Which I'm surprised. Like We've talked about this before. They're awesome. Like they're talk about like the most efficient animal when it comes to like waste. The full circle. Yeah. Because for but, sure the eggshells. Right. Because that's because we give them like the I'm not kidding. It's at least a third of our trash goes to the chickens. Like minimum. Like yeah, we get food rid waste. of there's like we recycle. And then, like, we have garbage that we can't recycle. And then chickens, right? And so all, every time, and we eat a lot of eggs, obviously. So it's every time we use an egg, I just put the shell in the chicken bucket. Mm-hmm. And that's their favorite. Like, when we dump out the bucket, it's maybe tacos. Like, taco, like chicken is number one. The chickens love chicken. So yeah. if you have chicken in the bucket, that's what they're going for first. Or, like, a turkey carcass. It's like a ribeye steak for us. So chicken is number one. Tacos is number two. And then eggshells are up there. Yeah. But what's crazy is it's like they'll lay an egg and they just instinctively know we don't peck that. Yeah, I don't eat this. I don't eat this. But if I were to take that shell and put it. Or if you take the egg and break it in front of them. Yeah. It's like immediately piranha. Like just yeah. Then they want, but that's what's like, do you not, it's the same thing here, but they just know. Nope. That one came out of my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> we don't eat that one. <laughs> it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What are we talking about? Talking well, did about... you get to finish your thought? I don't know. I forgot. Well, that's okay. That was good. We I enjoyed what? that. No. So uh, one of the things that <clears throat> today, uh, not today, this past week, um, I was talking to um, someone that we work with 
and um, we helped do tons of different projects with them. And uh, one of the things that I found, like they were in a um, a dark place mentally, of out of frustration. And so one of the things that was coming up was this idea where it was kind of like it's I don't know what we're gonna do. Like I don't know what we're gonna do. Um, if 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 things continue to go this way, like I think we're gonna be screwed. Like you could see, like writing was on the wall, and the thought process was coming down to where it seemed to be the words that were coming out were deeper. Like there was weight. It wasn't just like, hey, this incident has me frustrated because it was like we all know when like we get frustrated about there's clothes on the floor, but you're actually we, pissed. You mean me. yeah. Well, not everyone's, but, but for sure, like if we clean, if you clean anything, mm-hmm. and this is for sure, like the reason why women will get this rap or moms will get this rap is because most of the time you're cleaning. Mm-hmm. But if I guarantee you, like if your husband helps clean or do anything, right? Or do the dishes or fill in the blank. The stuff that you all put up with where it's just like, this is just the given. We have to put up with it. But I guarantee like your husband, if he gets involved with doing any of that shit or like organizes the garage, organizes the tools or whatever, and the kids come in and start fucking around with that stuff. Yeah. It's like, what in the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. I just finished this. I just finished cleaning. You're like, bitch, welcome. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my life. So it is – there's that, but it's the frustration doesn't come from really what the anger comes from somewhere else, but we're going to nitpick that particular incident and kind of like is the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And okay. so the idea is like, you're really not mad about the clothes being, not being picked up. You're really actually pissed because the, the school has said something that's made you upset and this is just what's going to set you off. Okay. So the idea that like, things just build up, right? That's what I felt. Right when I'm listening and I'm listening to them being frustrated and be like, oh, well, this and, and I don't know what, what's going to happen next. And I'm really like it's and I'm worried. It seemed to be like I said, there was a whole lot of weight behind the words. And it reminded me of a thing that our um, mentor. So the, the person that we work with the most is her name's Catherine Jones. And so she uh, were in her mentoring program. And so she'll drop like the way I like. The thing that I've said for a while is like when she says for us to do a thing, we just need to like for me literally, it's like blindly just go do that thing. Mm-hmm. Because, Don't ask questions. Yeah. And the reason why I feel that way is that it is we have done – we have I have followed that model for us and whatever the reason is that she is either sharing something that she's thinking about or she's sharing something that she thinks is important is not because it's just like, oh, this would be fun. <laughs> It's like coming from somewhere deeper. Yes. Either she has learned it herself, her mentoring group has learned like it's there are years of wisdom that are not hers that are tied to a lot of the things that she then turns around and shares with us. Go ahead. Okay. And I was gonna say, is she seems very much like a person where it's her level of introspection runs very, very deep. It's cause and I'm not there's it's it's not a problem at all. But her life, she's married, but she doesn't have children. She has more money than God. So her worries about like, God, I have to, I have to have a nine to five because I need to pay the bills or you got to worry about the kids or you have a, that there's nothing wrong with it. She's a wonderful person, but it's just, she has, because she is at this higher level, 
is she's not hustling the way that someone's hustling because they have to eat. So it's she. And everything for sure. She so, is now at the point where it's like the things I want to do are things I want to do. The choices like, that she has made throughout her life have been purposeful out the gate. Yes. Where a lot of us kind of, I think most people just get caught yes. in the flow of like, this is what I should do. Yeah. And this is what you do next. And I need to go do this. And I need to go do that. And she obviously came from a family that welcomed dissent or yeah. welcomed alternative ways of thinking mm -hmm. and then were supportive of that. Yeah. And I think that that would be very consistent coming from a family of say entrepreneurs. Yeah. Or people that are, that have truly made something that is their own. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like our boys constantly hearing us being like, you don't, you don't need to go to, you know, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to do certain things. Like it's definitely is challenging mm -hmm. the norm. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're going to be in a situation where they'll be more primed to do those similar things, to truly be purposeful with the choices that they make opposed to being like, well, this is what we do. Like there is yeah. no such thing as it's that. It's obvious that she had, she had a lot of guidance, which is great. Right. And she's just at that level where it's, she spends a lot of time looking, taking a deep dive. And then she teaches us that between. Right. And I was. Your, just... Yeah. Your is not only your, yourself, but your family, your spiritual sense, your business, like everything. Holy Jesus, shit. Jesus. Yeah. Everything ties together, mm -hmm. but it's like you spend and you keep revisiting that like every week every month of, and i was just gonna say that yeah. so we touched on this a few episodes ago which is um this episode's called our goals are bigger than your goals because they are um but it's the idea of goal setting it's, rude. it's supposed to be rude it's why it's the most listened to episode because i think it's rude anyway especially in the last few months but the point is in that episode, we talk about some of the goal setting things we do. And you actually got a lot of positive feedback from that episode as well. Of like, oh, God, people give feedback. Well, you got it in person. So people that we know that listen to the podcast were like, the daily five is oh, like huge for me. I didn't know that that was. From oh, that. yeah. That's from that episode because we were talking about goals and goal setting and doing those types of things. I instantly freeze when anyone tells me like, I was listening to the podcast. It's just my my brain stops working at that moment. That's all I can focus on because I'm going through it like, oh God, what did I say? What did I do? Did I hurt your feelings? I'm so sorry. So I'm hang on to that thought because we're going to come back to that because yeah. this is a part of this episode too and a part of this thought process. So it is, but in that episode, we talk about what I call is, is what is called by our mentor and what we do. And it ties back to what we were just talking about with Catherine's thing, where's this, this constant state of introspection. She's very purposeful in everything that she does. In every aspect of her life. And it's like, well, yeah, good for her. Good for you. Yeah, I Maslow know. hierarchy of need. No, but that's fair. I think that's fair for a lot of people to be yeah. like, yeah, that's great that you have all this time that well, you get to think I'm... about it. Because for sure, that is a rational way of looking at that. Yeah. But it's everything is purposeful. Yeah. So the goal setting that you ended up doing. So what we end up doing is called awake work. And this is like five pillars of your life. That she's like, focus on these five things. You need to say it again because it's A-W-A-K-E. Oh, yeah. Sorry. For the awake, people in the back. Yeah. Awake work. A-W-A-K-E. Yes. And it's an acronym, right? Because that's – is she loves acronyms. But the fact is that when it comes to teaching people anything, mm -hmm. Michael demonstrated it two days ago where it was – you were like, isn't there um, oh, something that you learn like for longer McDonald's vision? McDonald's sells raw burgers – 
And Mike was like, at the store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And here it is. And yeah. I was like, God, oh, okay, I see you. But even I remembered PEMDAS or whatever the fuck that thing is. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Whatever. That's not like that's I, order of operations. So again, my point is that's an acronym that I sure as shit don't know anything about, but I remember what it is, right? Them and so, schnup. That's from Saved by the Bell. Okay. Mercury. That's when Pluto was still a planet. That's the P in in them schnup. Screech. That's how he remembered. respect. It's to Saved by the Bell. Reference. I think Screech died. He did die. I yep. think. Anyway. Yeah. Woo. That's my. That these are great examples of why acronyms work and they're great for teaching so they're amazing teaching tools so awake is talking about like your relationship within like yourself and overall awareness and then you have the w which is like your worship and then you have a which is focusing on your body for anatomy and then k is like kinship or uh, work within your family and within your spouse and then e is enterprise which is your you know your work your actual business that you're focused on you have awake work that you do every day mm -hmm. which are eight aspects of like of your life that you do and it can be a five minute practice when you get it down so five minutes where you can literally refocus and recalibrate every single day mm -hmm. of every one of those five pillars of that awake work you can do like this it's, it is literally a serious introspection work of like what is important to me today and you have to balance you can't and it is. It's it's all five of those. So it's not just yeah, like, oh, head like, down, I'm doing all these things yeah, and that's it. It's not enterprise 24-7 and I think people get lost in that. And what ends up happening is that like if you don't focus on a certain part of your life or a certain part of your work, if you don't focus on those things for say days or weeks or months, when you go back to it, it's just a fucking mountain of work. It's tons of work to get caught up and it's the, it's the epitome of doing like the little things every day mm -hmm. and how those little things then add up into big mm -hmm. things and then you can stay on track. That is very much what she obviously has been good at for years and that is what she's passed down to us and that's what we're doing, especially the folks that are within the group. And it is huge when mm -hmm. it comes to being able to be successful at what you want to achieve and kind of helping you keep your eyes on the prize. So while she may not have a lot of those things that are normal, quote unquote, that pull away your attention. So she's able to dedicate a lot of that introspection. Everything is just very, very purposeful. So that's not by accident. Yeah. That those the the way happened. I always make sense in my brain again, and you shouldn't compare people, but it's like if I, I, when I compare myself to her, it's like, why is she able to do these things? And it's, I always think of like traffic on a road is like, because we have bills to pay and we have the kids and I have to worry about their schedules and I have to worry about what you're doing. And then what I do is based off what you like all these things. It's like, I have a lot of traffic on the road okay. and she has like an open lane. She has gotten very good. She's at in the toll road. Yeah. Yeah. And it just by happens. You know what I'm saying? It's just, she has perfected the art of it. And but part of it by, is who, right. It's right. Not, by not by accident, but it's ju just, just, and again, it, I'm not saying that, oh, it's like, well, I have kids, so I'm better than you. No, it's just, yeah. but her lifestyle naturally is going to allow for more of an open road and because my, she, she doesn't have to worry about money ever again. And she literally can take days if she wanted to, where she just checks out and like can be introspective on all the things. And she doesn't have kids. And she, that's not to say she doesn't have 
the the K, right, the kinship factor in her in her life at all that she has to worry about or work on that is for everybody. But it's just again, my brain goes to traffic, and my brain is very busy. And yeah, a lot of traffic, and I like brain. that. There's a lot. There's a lot of noise, right? There's yeah. a lot, and where, but this is where the beauty is: is the things that she's showing us what to do, and the things that we do makes it possible to where even though there is traffic, you can be laser focused on what needs to be done. Yes, you know where your off ramps are. You know where your on ramps are. You yeah. know when you need to make a lane change because you're not going to change the fact that the traffic is where it is. Yes. They're going to be there. She's very efficient at utilizing Google Maps for deterrence and getting around traffic. <laughs> yes, very much. Keeping on the metaphor. And so the fact is that she teaches us how to do it. Well, through that introspection and through that constant focus, there is a piece where it's all built around storytelling. And so this is an interesting way of thinking about your life. And I think especially folks that are introspective, because I think everybody deals with this a little bit, which is the idea of the voice that's in your head. Mm-hmm. And we all have these stories that we're constantly telling ourselves, right? And, and these stories that we're telling ourselves either are pulling us down or they're lifting us up, but it's never in between. It's never like it's that it's quiet. Every single thing that we do, you know that voice is either telling you you're fat, you're stupid, you're not going to be successful, you're a fraud, right? This sell, you, you just or, or it's like oh, you could do this, mm-hmm. like you got this, mm-hmm. and um, what that voice is telling you says a lot about you, but more about where your fears lie, mm-hmm. and so what we find is that. You have to actively be engaging with that voice. And if you don't, you're going to end up allowing things to happen that never like it's you're going to end up being uh, shook off course. And it's just because of the story that you're telling yourself. And so the the beauty of the story is you just rewrite that story. And that literally is that activity that we're doing within this awake work, which is what is the story that you are telling yourself in relation to your family right now? So that's a question that gets asked you every day as you work through your steps. It's what's the story you're telling yourself right now when it comes to your business. And so that is a big challenge that gets challenged to you every day, which is honestly looking at what are you telling yourself? And then the next question is, is this helpful for what you want to achieve today or this week or this month? And it's, and no. if it's not – it nev- no. Right? So it's like it's never is. It's always this. So if it's if it's not helpful, if the story you're telling yourself isn't helpful, the most important part of this work is then what can rewriting your story on this one single topic. Because remember, here's your goal. And this is why it's important of setting the goal, which is what is my goal for this week and what is my goal for this month? Because my weekly goals make it to where my monthly goals are possible. So it helps laser focus to where it's now it's like these little bite-sized bits. Okay, well, what's my, what's the story just generally that I'm telling myself that I'm a failure, right? Yes. That I'm not good enough. Yes. Right. Is that helping me achieve this little bite-sized goal? And the bite-sized goals can be so simple. It's going to be, it's what I told you the other day. Hey, I have on my list today that I need to talk to you about how, what day we want the kids to go over for a sleepover. Because that's tied to a larger kinship goal 
that I have with the two of us to make sure that we have date nights that are consistently on our calendar. I know we need but so, so to make that possible, it has to be these little bite-sized pieces, which is we just, steps, we just need to agree steps. to a date. We need to agree to a date that we can then line up a babysitter. Do we have a list of babysitters? Do we have a list no. of people to so so that those are literally on our on my list of goals to achieve so that by the end of this next three month period that we can have one date night a month because the ultimate goal is to have a date night a week. But you're not going to jump into that. So it has to start these small pieces, right? And that's how I've broken it down of something that simple. But if you're saying like it's – if you have this negative self-talk, right, and this negative story that you're telling yourself consistently, right, is that of whatever it is on, say, kinship, of our relationship between the two of us, if you have a negative story that's constantly rolling through your mind, it's going to be how do you fix that story first, because the story that you're telling yourself is what's most important that needs to be altered. Because you can't do any of any other action based, <clears throat> anything else that's action based that you try and change up or switch up or try and, and align. Any of those actions are literally wasted if you're constantly having this negative voice in the back of your mind that essentially is like rotting those actions from the inside out. So that's why the first thing you have to do is change the story. And what um, Catherine mentioned the other day that caused a lot of like introspection on my end, but then immediately popped into my head as I was talking to one of our people this week, which was she was saying that as she's rewriting her stories and being like incredibly purposeful with like each of the steps that she wants to do next because she's prepping for something much bigger, obviously, is she that always is. Always is is that it's all of the stories that she was rewriting came back to the same story. So it came back to like an overarching story that was constantly on her mind that she was telling herself and it was um, affecting each of those five pillars that she wants to work on. And it was that she's going to let people down and they're not going to like her. So I'm going to fail people. And they therefore are not going to like me. And the fact was, is that <clears throat> this was a story that rotted everything that she had going on. And the idea is, so she, her um, husband mentioned this idea where like, this is a false story because this is oh, just a fear. Cave, the cave. And this is the cave. And so this is where he says, he called these ideas caves. Mm -hmm. Now, what's really awesome about this idea of the cave is that the first thing I immediately thought of, and I figured, oh, this is the direction that she's going, and she didn't. But the thing that I thought of very much was like, so there's the cave in um, in Star Wars. So in the last episodes four, five, and six, right? Because I'm this is I'm a guy, but it's and and have geeky upbringing. But it's in I was Star Wars. Say cave of Wonders from Aladdin was my first go to, but I also know, and and they, they, I can't even say the word. Dagobah. Dagobah, right, yes. where Yoda lives. Yes. So this is the idea of a cave that, that Luke has to go into uh, in order to be able to, like, finalize his training, right? He's, he's training as a Jedi, he, and this is getting us ready as he's preparing to go fight Darth Vader, right? So this, uh, if we don't know the characters, it's the good guy is ready to go fight the bad guy. And the good guy's teacher that's helping him learn 
If you don't know this, then you don't. Yeah, you but don't it's okay. Get an explanation. You, <laughs> you need to go into to go a, You need out. to go into the cave. And so the the story from the teacher was you need to go into the cave. And our good guy is like, yeah, I can feel like there's there's bad energy in there. Like it's dark in there. And he goes, the only thing that is in there is what you take in yourself. So it's whatever's in you is what you're taking in. Mm-hmm. And so that's very much that cave idea mm-hmm. to where there's nothing in the cave. Mm-hmm. Now, save it be that you walk into like a cave where a bear is sleeping, right? So you walk into something where there actually is a monster. But most of the time when you go into caves, what makes them scary is that they're they're dark and it's unknown. Mm-hmm. And so she posed two different thoughts, which was when you walk into a cave, it's very scary because there's that unknown and there's that darkness. But really, for the most part, there's only two things that are going to happen when you wander into these caves. So these true areas of fear that you have, especially when it comes to this introspective, like inner story that you're telling yourself. And so when you go into the cave, it's either the cave is dark and it's scary, but the cave just ends, right? There's just a wall and it dead ends and you turn back around and you go back out. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing else in there. Or you walk in and you walk far enough in and to where you end up seeing a light that is at the end of the cave. That's another opening and you go all the way through. A great example where we are. Yeah, it ends up being a tunnel. And it kind of takes you somewhere where you go through that darkness a little bit and then you come out on the other side. And so sticking with that metaphor, there's another, there's a great tunnel where we are that is very much this way, where it is a very, very large tunnel that was built that was uh, supposed to be for a railroad that never ended up getting finished. And they kind of have turned it into this groovy, like kind of state park thing. But like when you, you go in deep and it becomes pitch black for a while. To where you have to have a flashlight or you cannot see like, Anything. will they warn you? Yeah. Right. Is. But it's, it's your warn. But you can always see light at the end. Yeah. It's a little dot. But that's dot what's so crazy right is that even though there is light on both ends of those tunnels, when you are in the middle, it is darkness to the point to where you can't see the hand in front of your face. Yeah. And so that's what's crazy is even if you can see the light, it gets so dark to where you could lose, immediately get lost. And if you lose your mind. Because you get so scared of whatever's in your own head because there's nothing there. Right. There's actually nothing there that's going to get you, but you can have people. And so this reminded me immediately of when we were driving up in the car up to Connecticut to visit CrossFit Stanford, we listened to a bunch of like the most haunted places in the world Mm -hmm. and immediately made me think of the episode, which talked about the Paris catacombs, which was that underground Paris ended up having such a problem for a long oh, period of years that they ended up taking all of their cemeteries mm-hmm. and they put them underground. Were they, were not like open graves. They just were dumping the dead bodies because they needed more space because for of new the, bodies. Because the, of yeah. the wars and, and because of um, the disease of the Black Death and everything else. So just, they were becoming overrun. It is worth you getting on Wikipedia or Googling the Paris catacombs. And it is spelled exactly how you think. Can we spell it? No. Catacombs. Catacombs. Yeah. The, in Paris. the reality if, if is, you Google that yeah, shit, you get close enough, yet. you'll get close enough, but it's, it's awesome, mm-hmm. but it's a great haunted story idea because it's, there are literal millions of bodies that are underground mm-hmm. and it's a labyrinth, right? Or a massive maze mm-hmm. and there's no actual map. 
and to understand where you go. People and then, well, they. I think now, like there's 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 tons sections of that are but people, completely closed off. Mm-hmm, but, but people go down and they get lost all the time. And the beauty and, of and they don't I come don't, back out. Yeah, because right? because there's no map, so they can't find you. And it truly is pitch like pitch black. Yeah. Right. And so it's great for haunted stories and these ideas because people literally do die if they go down and they get, you know, but it's the idea of like you lose your mind and what is down there in the catacombs. And ultimately there's, there's nothing. It's just, you just get lost in this maze. Well, you and I have different beliefs about that. Sure. But this is the beauty of the idea of truly what's down there at the end of the day is just what's in your own head. So if you truly are fearful or you lose your mind because fear can be so gripping is that you can have, it's where you've lost it and then you can't get out or whatever it is. And, um, and so it, it is this idea of like, it's, and I like the idea of the Paris catacomb so much because it is a literal maze mm-hmm. that's in there the where it's, it for me feels more true to what our own heads and our own minds become because you can get lost, especially in this fear. And especially when you're talking about negative self-talk mm-hmm. and these seeds of doubt and that you are, um, you are the imposter, so that imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. that you're not deserving of happiness, and all these things that truly can be very deep-seated fears, can feel like a maze that you can't get out of. But at the end of the day, they're not real. Because at the end of the day, it comes from a real place, because it's fear. Fear is real. It, it, it feels very real. Right. Uh, and they always like the phrase is love is blind, mm-hmm. but I feel like that applies. Cause like when you are in love with someone, it doesn't like nothing else matters. That's all you feel. But fear is an equal, if not more powerful emotion. And I think that it, that phrase of like love is blind. I feel like fear is blind would apply just as much, if not more. Cause I think that you can, as you're saying, get lost in that concept. And I for sure, because I'm, I'm afraid of all the things. Like, from the Inside Out movie, I am fear, like, incarnate, right? <laughs> I'm scared of people. I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of dark things. I'm scared of all these things that you're talking about. <laughs> but, and I understand the feeling of getting overpowered by the emotion, even if it's not based in reality. Yeah, analysis paralysis is another phrase we use often. Yeah. Whereas you constantly are analyzing the situation to the point to where I can move. And this is, God, this is goofy. And I don't want to talk about this, but I probably should. Because the most, because what I'm, like I've, I've talked about how my ancestors at some point were viciously ripped apart by snakes. Right. And, and my DNA, DNA knows that. Yeah. Your RNA. But yeah, keep okay, going. That's fine. But yeah, so same thing. Yes. But, like, I am deeply and irrationally fearful of snakes. Like, people don't understand because they're like, well, yeah, but he's a good one. It's like, fuck you. I can't. Like, it's. And I think a lot of ladies are like, it doesn't matter. The only good snake is a dead snake type of mentality. Right. I am irrationally fearful. And. And you uh, know it. And I know it. And yeah. so, especially if we see one, like, if we see one in the coop, it's. I get so scared sometimes then. Like, if I'm rallying the chickens, mm-hmm. like, that's when I'll call you. I'm like, John, I need you to come do this. It's because if I'm in, like, tall grasses or if I'm having to go around in the wooded part around our little makeshift fence to, like, rally the chickens back, 
I can become so overwhelmed by my fear when there's nothing there. Right. But it's just, I am, I, I truly become paralyzed. I truly cannot move. Like I have experienced that so much to where it's just, I, I need you to come save me, John. I'm no longer in a rational state of mind. Cause I think what goes through your mind when you're scared of something, whether it's like, you know, you have to give a public speech or, or you're scared of the dark. You're scared. Like I'm trying to think of like normal fears that people have. Right. Yeah. Is if you're going to give a speech, like you can talk yourself up like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Just do this. Envision everybody naked. Like take deep breaths. Like all the things, like all the tricks, right? That you go through and play in your brain. Right. And I do that. And I know that the snake example is a stupid example. but like It's not, it's, a, it's not a stupid example because people that have the, the public speaking one is a great one. Right. People have like crippling fear to where the point to where they'll they and the pee only time, themselves. They can't, yeah. And yeah. the only time that I have been truly, true, like literally paralyzed, I can't move. I'm so overcome. I'm shaking is with the snake thing. Like if I'm if I'm in the middle of like I, I've just seen a snake or I know that they're there and I'm in tall grasses. It's like I, can't, I cannot do this. I have to run away. Or I become frozen. But it is those things of just the dark holes of getting lost. Of I'm trying to come back. And I try to tell myself all the things like, Amy, this is ridiculous. Like, there's no snake here. You're going to be okay. But it's... The fear is is, is an overpowering emotion. Yeah, and, and oftentimes the fear... I think it takes practice in other parts of... Oh, yeah. Or like people that are, um, you like, oh, gosh, your grandma would watch it. It's like on TLC, like the, the I'm afraid to leave my house people. Yeah. Like that's, it seems so ridiculous and there's a TV show about it. But it's these poor bastards, like you need therapy in order to help you overcome that. Because the fear of whatever exists in them dominates everything that they do right to the point that they can't leave their house and when it becomes unhealthy like that obviously intervention needs to occur but it's you have to be able i think to practice working on something that you're scared of Mm -hmm. and you it's because it's you know being brave is something that i have to constantly like remind myself of because again i am i am a person that very easily could fall down that slippery slope of because I experienced it, like I said, being a stay-at-home mom a little bit, or especially with COVID, capitalizing things, where it's like, I'm not comfortable anymore leaving my house. Right. I'm not comfortable being around people. And then when COVID started to ease a little bit, for sure, like the most I experienced is when we went to Sequest in Lynchburg, where that was the most people I we had been around in a while. And for sure, my anxiety became just... I, I was very easily overwhelmed. Sure. But it's, I have to practice getting out of the house. I have to practice when people are like, do you, do you want to go have a drink with me? Or do you want to come to book club or whatever it is? It's my internally. So I was like, no, I literally could think of nothing worse, but it's, I have to practice being brave. I have to say, yes, I will come in right to work today. Because my instinct is always no. Yeah, and, and it's because I'm fearful. Yeah, I think a phrase. I know whether it's the right one or not, but I think we've uh, folks have called it in our circles like expo. It's exposure therapy. 
Yeah. Yeah. You expose yourself a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then get back. Mm-hmm. And then expose yourself a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then and then get back. Um, but totally. But I think that, that and the idea of that it stacks on top of itself, and it's like if you want to be stronger in one part of your life, start by getting those wins in other pieces as well. And this is the age old adage of the idea of like it's, you know, um, the lessons you learn in like competition or in athletics and with sports in general will make you better in the classroom. Like if you, and that was coaches all the time. Like if you're successful in the classroom, you'll be successful on the field. If you're successful on the field, it'll help you be successful in the classroom. And the argument is just that it's winning yeah. and, and victory and all those things build on top of each other. It doesn't matter what area of your life you're talking about. And it, this is literally the epitome of that mm-hmm. because we all have different parts of us. And if you're going to talk about like the five different pieces of relationship with your family, your relationship with yourself, with your business, with your community, all these different pieces, one of those you're not good at. Yeah. Like one of those Minimum. were just, yeah. Right. And so, but the one of them you are. So what you need to do is you need to be able to experience success in one of those because as you continue to stack that success, your confidence builds. And as your confidence builds in that area, it allows you to start making, which can be totally baby steps. The area that you kick ass at, it's not – and this is one of the things that oftentimes what you'll do is that you'll stay in an area that you're really good at. So you'll continue to improve in that area. But if you make no effort, no matter how small in the areas you're not good at. The imbalance will eventually catch up to you. Yeah. Cause it's, and it's not, and one thing that people will make where it's like, it's all right, I need to get better at this thing. And so what they do is they end up caving in the, the wrong part of the direction in wrong direction where they say, well, the thing I'm really good at, like I'm good at that. So I don't need to work at that. So they stop working at it completely. And then they dedicate all their time over to the other thing. Well, yeah. And I, I don't want to mention names, of course, but, um, we know somebody that it's just, and again, I don't ever want to blame, like, it's like, oh, well they're autistic. So that makes sense type thing. Um, but it seems consistent with people, you know, just generally kind of on the spectrum where they're very much all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they don't do balance well. Right. Um, but it's, we know someone and it frustrates the crap out of us because it's constantly, it's like, dude, you're making it a self-fulfilling prophecy to fail. Right. Because it's, they get real gung ho about something and they get real uh, into it that that's what they're going to focus on. And they have no like foundation or no basis of like anything. They just... It's this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do it. I'm going to go all in on it. And then when there's a mistake or they fail at something instead of continuing to be, you know, because it's the idea of failure is the best teacher. Totally. Yeah. And on Daily Burn, they said something and I was like, oh, that's a cool concept. It was like celebrate your failures because it's we are taught all the time to celebrate your accomplishments. It's yeah, you've you've graduated, you've done it, you've completed it. And it's right. the idea it, and it all ties together that it's it's not about the the destination, it's about the journey type thing. Yeah. Which is like you celebrate every time that you screw up because in in terms of of exercise, right? In your exercise journey, it's you you celebrate every time you fail because that means that you were brave enough and allowed yourself 
to step out of your comfort zone to push it a little bit. Yeah. So you push it to the point that you 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 fail. You can't do another push up. Right. And it's celebrate that because it takes so much. I think especially nowadays because we're again all these always ties back to like not doing hard things right but it's Mm -hmm. because we are not forced to run away from the bear that's chasing us Mm -hmm. is we are always going to go back to our comfort zone so it's when you allow yourself to say i can do this i'm going to be brave enough to try something that when you screw up at it instead of it being a because i struggle with this all the time because i'm so intensely fearful of like others perceptions of me yeah that it's and i realize it's like when we go out and we go out to eat or like when we're and i become paralyzed by this it's when we were at the movie theater the other night with the little giant you know watching the little giants and we're in public and it's just henry is acting a fool and the popcorn gets spilled and it's just i know in my head the story is just like you suck as a mom you can't control your freaking kids you only have three like it's how hard and there should be old enough to like, and you just, you suck. You can't handle your own freaking kids. And that's what goes through my brain. Yeah. That's your story. And that's my story. And it becomes, I'm sure visible to other people that it's, I'm uncomfortable. All sure. I want to do is run away because it's, and it's, God. And I could have like the, well, you need to celebrate the fact that like, at least you took them to the movies and like you were willing to put yourself in that situation. Cause most of the time it's, we're not fucking, we're not going out. We can't be in public. And that's what, like when I get frustrated, that's what I tell everybody. It's just, we can't be in public. I can't take my boys places cause they're animals. And the reality is, is that when people are looking, I'm no sure their perception of yeah what they saw different. and what I felt was entirely different. Because your kids were infinitely better than the other 95% of the kids that were already in that room. No, I know that. But but, 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 but again, it's that story. Yes. It's a story of like, I don't want to be – I don't want people to think that I'm a bad mom and what I'm seeing is that I'm not good at it because this is all that I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, and again, it's that working on like, just, I'm really, really versed and really feel like I'm good at, and it makes me feel good. And I'm really comfortable being at home. Right. Where it's like, I can, I can Susie homemaker it all goddamn day long. Right. I got the apron and the apple pies and I can fold laundry and like, I got that shit on lock. Right. That's where I'm comfortable. Right. But if you ask me to be Susie homemaker, outside of my comfort zone or if you ask me to now of a sudden do the opposite and be a career lady that's like in the office talking to people mm-hmm. and like i'm responsible for shit it it is so paralyzing for my fear is so intense right and again if you're going back the concept of like the caves is it's probably and it's but it's i need it's the practice because it's i have to know it's going to be okay right so I have to, that's why it's like, yes, I'll go back to tunnel hygiene. And it was, I mean, I, I wept in my bed for like two weeks building up to the day. Cause it was, the story was, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm so scared. Yeah. Back when you originally My first that. pay, I was literally shaking. I remember. I couldn't, and I almost threw up, but it's, I knew at that point that my fear is so strong that it's, I'm never 
what's the plan, Amy? Are you never going to leave the house again? Because there's for some, for sure some people that I know I'm not the only one that feels these things. So anybody else that's like me, it may just be like, yeah, I plan to never leave the house again and I'm fine with that and that's whatever. But it's, I don't want that to be my life. Right. Because here's the thing is that that doesn't stay isolated. To that area. That spreads. No. And, yeah, and, and then you go way deeper down until I become one of the people that I'm going to need a TLC intervention mm-hmm. because I won't leave my bedroom. And you hoard and you can't go and it's all those things. They're, they're, those things are very slow. real. They become yeah. real. Yeah. And so that's where the cave eventually – so this actually takes us to the next thing. So you have a, the cave, which is ultimately that story that you're constantly telling yourself <clears throat> that's going to come from a place of fear. So that's where your fears live. Now, we have to understand – that they're not real. The fear that lives in that cave is not, it's only in your head. And this is the idea where we all know this, where it's like, it's the fear of the thing is greater than the thing itself. Mm -hmm. And this is oftentimes where it's kids are a great representation of this as they're getting old enough at, if you've had the opportunity to take kids to like, say a roller coaster park, the fear of the roller coaster is great, especially when it's new. It's like, this is scary. And so Jack had the ex- opportunity to where he has grown enough. Jack is, because you experience Jack's emotion in raw form mm-hmm. where it's like he goes from sobbing to like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Like it's, it, it is a roller coaster of emotions as he's on the roller coaster. And so he was finally tall enough to where he's tall enough to go on all the roller coasters now mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of these are, are big. Mm-hmm. And there definitely have been things where like previous trips, it's like, I don't even care to see how tall I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going on that. Yeah. And it just was like, no, we're going. You're tall enough. We're going. Let's go. And so what was nice the last time we went to uh, Bush Gardens a couple of weeks ago was that it was um, the all, the rides were open and the lines were so short mm-hmm. that there wasn't enough time for him to fully calculate mm-hmm. what we were about to do. Like it's just we were walking in and sitting on the ride as soon – like we never broke stride. And that's the best way to do it. Totally. It is go, go and go fast. But this is the idea of failing fast. Mm-hmm. Like fail quickly. Mm -hmm. The goal is to get in and just go for it and don't let your mind catch up. And for sure, he had a a total gas. Mm -hmm. Like he had a great time. And I remember him being like, I love this. Mm -hmm. But he never would be able to get out of his own head if he gave him time. But now he knows he can do that. And it was very much of where he would, again, Jack's another great example of like in, in sports and baseball, it will, it just take, took the mind and the flip switch mentally for him to where it was, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this and they don't let me play and I can't do this to where Jack, you're on the all-star team. Mm-hmm. And it's like literally nothing changed. Nothing changed in terms of like people's perception. Well, maybe people's perception of him a little bit because he came out of only after. But but that was it. The fact was that he literally stepped up. He became a better baseball player. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing changed. Nothing changed. It's not like he got a different bat. It's not like we got a coach. And I think it was nothing. Right. It was literally just the same kid that struggled mentally before to be locked in. Mm-hmm. And it was a switch that he had made mentally of like, 
I belong here. I'm one of the best. And it was like, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone was like, what? what is this the do? same kid? Yeah. And it, what's crazy is his fear of riding a bike parallels yep. my fear of snakes. For sure. It's irrational and it's ridiculous. Yeah. But it is real for that little boy. And we are waiting for that switch. I mean, he's getting back. But, but he's, he's getting it. But the only way we've gotten it. Because we're working at it. Yeah. It is, for a while, the steps were as little. as Because when he was little. Because he's not scared of anything. Like, he will happily go on the roller coaster. He will happily try to do a backflip off the roof under the trampoline. It's not like he has an innate fear of, of things. It's just with his bike. And when he was little, he would ride it. But whatever happened, he fell something psychological it's just a fear yeah. he's not even taking a hard fall no it's, it's literally just a fear of falling and again i understand that fear deeply right and that's where he is he's like you and almost every single other thing except he's got my anxiety bless him and apparently my nose so lucky but um the 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 baby steps have been so little as to Jack, we're just going to pull the bike out of the garage. We're going to look at it. Right. Like, he, this is the bike. Like, let's just see. It has training wheels. You're too big for training wheels. But we see daddy's putting the training wheels on the bike so that you can see. Like, it's these. And, and that's where I understand is this need. I need to know that it's going to be okay before it happens. I need as many safety nets as exist because you say it's not real. It's not real. Snakes aren't going to bite you. It's fine. But it's like, I need to know that. Right. I need to see it. So it's like, I will, I have to surrender, like in in little things. It's, Amy, you're not going to crash and burn when you, if you take a step to go to the office. Right. If you go to work, if you step outside your bounds, you're going to be able to have interpersonal communication with another human mm-hmm. and you're going to come back at the end of the night and it's going to be okay. But that was only possible because you were able to stack wins. Mm-hmm. In other areas. Yeah. For you to be able to get outside of the house, it was, we we built a business. Yeah. You listened to coaching. And it's a lot of you pulling me with you. But it's the same with Jack, is because we are able to tie, like, dude, if you can go on, I keep saying Shikra in my mind. I don't know what it's called here in in the Virginia Bush Gardens. Right. But it's the Shikra, like, equivalent, right? You can do Shikra. You can be in the all-star baseball team. Mm-hmm. You can ride a bike. Like it's, he needs to know it's okay. I was able to do the all-stars. I, I was able Griffin. to go on this. It's Griffin here. Griffin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That it's, I was able to do, like I had a fear and I overcame it and right. I won. So it's, it's those baby establishments. He still becomes almost paralyzed by it. Right. And there also needs to be a, a goal. Like you have to reward yourself you have to do the potty chart even as an adult where it's like, yeah, you get a star because you peepeed in the potty. Like it's you. For sure. You need that shit as an adult. Too. And you need a coach. Yeah, you, you need, need someone that is there. That will pull you. That is rah-rahing you. Because you have to, pulled you have pulled me. And we and, pulled Jack where even though it's, no, I'm not riding a bike. It's, not, it's yep, you're getting it out. We're yeah, gonna you got this. It. Like got I'm going to be here. I'm with you. Yes. And, and for sure, we talked about it at length, especially when baseball season was in. But that's what Coach Jackson – Mm-hmm. Right and Coach Brent, Brent and Coach Chris, all those AR, guys were and yeah, is that they were there? They were raw rawing him. Mm-hmm. It was like you've got this, mm-hmm. you know, hands up, elbows back, 
like swing through. Like it's, 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 it is. Cause that coach's voice needs to be louder than your fear in the moment. That's it. And I think that's a great way of looking at it. 100%. Well, that's what it is for me. It has it? to drown out that inner voice. Well, that's that a, negative again, self-talk. I don't want all things come back to this, but like childbirth for me, of course, was the, the most intense experience hands down. Because A, it's horrifically painful, right? Which every woman knows. But it for me, it's also coupled with that fear of the unknown and the what if and my anxiety. And there was, as you're being told to push by everybody else, right? It's I needed you still in that room. Right. I could, all that was noise. I needed you to yell in my ears. Right. Because it's. Even though they're telling me to do the same thing, and in in my head it's I can't do this, I I can't I can't even birth a baby. Like what what the fuck is wrong with me? This is I'm a woman. This is what I'm supposed to do. This thing's just supposed to come. People women give birth in the car, right? Like it just comes out. They right. should be able to do this, right. and it's stuck, and I can't get it out, and I don't know what to do, and it's I instantly will spiral, and you, I needed you to be there to literally scream in my ear. To tell me the exact same thing that the doctors and the nurses were telling me. Sure. But it's, I had to focus on your voice so that it would become louder than my own, like, inner demons. And I think, I know, again, because Jack has anxiety like me. Yeah. Is he needs that as well. And he needs a Chris Jackson. And he needs, like, someone that's loud and in your face Mm -hmm. of ignore everybody else and just focus on me. And I think adults not not focus on me like i'm the for sure it's that he has chris jackson has that presence of just dude you've got this and Mm -hmm. he is perhaps one of the most well-versed that i've seen in our little area that he can take a kid who whether they're the best ball player on the team or they've never picked up a bat before right and he is able to help that child and help them focus and disregard everything around. Because all eyes are on you, man, when you're up to bat. Right. And I, like, I remember that being in basketball. When it's like you're shooting a free, free throw, throw. Is, it is silent. Everyone's watching you. Yep. That's It's terrifying. But it's you need that as an adult as well. And I think and, – and, and not enough adults get that because um, we're no longer that strong of a community. And um, – and not where we live specifically, but as humans, human adults have lost the understanding of how powerful, um, true community and true, like friendship and support and what a village, a village feels like that we get very much lost in our own bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this all the time, especially in my, my nine to five, which is, I talk to so many organizations and associations and groups of people that are very, they feel like they're very important. And, and I'm sure some of them do really important things, but the reality is that there's something that's super consistent with them, which is when things got bad in the last 18 months. And a lot of these organizations like rely on people showing up. And going to live functions or doing these things or um, interacting with other humans is that they saw their businesses struggle greatly and they tried to figure out how they were going to pivot. Like pivoting was the word of the year. Mm-hmm. How are we going to pivot? How are we going to adjust? And they all, even though there's literal thousands of them, none of them 
communicated with anyone outside of their own organizations. Mm -hmm. So they felt so much like they were on an island mm -hmm. and I'm in sales. So it's easy for me <laughs> to be able to identify that that was a pain point, mm -hmm. how I can solve that solution of that pain with something that they want to buy from me now. Right. Salesmen are so versed in like the ability to identify psychology. someone's absolutely, but you have right. That's if you're going to be good at what you do, you have to be able in sales. You have to be able to um, find that pain point and be able to really dig in on it. So if you find that pain point and you needle at it, right? It's that's where you can then make a sale because you um, give somebody a solution. But really, the goal is not to sell the solution itself, but you want to sell the results that they'll get from that solution. Example. Because I'm having a hard time articulating that. It sounds good, but what does that mean? So what it means is, is that you don't want to sell someone a car, right? If you, Especially oh, if you're going to sell, right? If you're going to sell a um, – if you're going to sell somebody an expensive car. Like if you sell somebody a Ferrari or you're going to sell somebody a really expensive Mercedes, mm -hmm. you're not going to go in to like the leather seats. You're not going to go into how someone made that car and how the car like, oh, well, the steering wood is made from the wood and it's finished and it's all that. What you're doing is you're trying to sell like the physical car it's, itself. You need to sell how someone is going to feel driving that car. Because feelings you need to matter sell, more than reality. And you need to sell how that you're going to be perceived that makes sense. by okay. others. Yeah. So that's what's really important is status. People will buy things because of status 95% of the time. Stupid. Right. And this is where like – so very much like baseball families, well, everybody wants to have that Cat 9 baseball bat. Why? Because that's the Cat 9. Okay. Well, it's got the BB core and blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fucking shit? <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter at all. I'm sure. Because there's so many different types of bats. Yeah. But the reality is, is that it's, oh. Yeah, it's like if you have a Cat 9, you've got a Cat 9. Yeah. And all of a sudden now that is a product that has a status that's tied to it. And the way it makes you feel. Is now I'm going to hit home runs. Yeah. Because and so I it's this, yeah. right. And I'm going to be, I'm going to get laid because I have a super nice car. Like it's, there's so many pieces. People are going to want to be you. People are going to wish that they were you because this is what you had. So there's so much psychology, right? That's tied to it. Now that can be used, right? For good or for bad, right? For good or for evil, right? You can use these skills, right? And great responsibility, right? Great skills comes great responsibility and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you also can turn this inward as well. And you can use that, which is where are my pain points? Where are my struggle points? Where are my self-doubt? What are those stories that I'm telling myself? And that's where you realize that it's, it's just a story. And how you can rewrite those stories can make all the difference. For Jack, he rewrote his story. For baseball. And... It's important for us to understand, again, that it's as we become adults, we've lost that community. We've lost that. But the fact is how much we still need it because especially need rah -rah you need those court. people. You need people that are there to pick you up because the fact is, is that when things are hard or you're willing to put yourself out there, a lot of times you have to borrow. Yeah. 
You have to borrow from people. So you have to borrow from that coach. That coach is going to tell you that they believe in you. Well, you have to borrow their knowledge and their confidence. That's it. Their, yeah. Because eventually it becomes your confidence and well, your it's knowledge. It's the fake it till you make it type thing. Right. Just act like you know what you're doing. Act like you've been here before. Because eventually you will. Yeah. Because if you're there enough, you've now built up the experience to be like, I've got this. I know I've got this. Mm -hmm. Your coach, hopefully, is putting you in a place to where they believe in you before you believe in yourself. And that's honestly, a lot of times, that's what you're paying for when you are an adult or you have a business and you pay to have a coach come in and they're going to help you in an area. They're going to help you in the area because they already have experience doing that thing. So they have the confidence to be like, I've got this, that they're able to say like, I know what I'm doing here and I, and you can borrow from me and borrow from my confidence and my wisdom because I'm, I got you. And then eventually you do it and you're like, all right, I got this. I know what I'm doing now. And now you can build on that. But you have to be willing to borrow and fight the fact that it's everybody's trying to figure it out. And And it's it's always overcoming you or your worst critic most of the time. Except for the insecure bastards. Anytime someone says something shitty, it's very rarely ever actually about you. It's always about their own. Totally self-doubts and insecurities and and whatever just damage have to yeah ex- whatever yeah externally manifest that to the world yeah and so what's important is that like the cave the goal is that you want to get into that cave so that you can prove to yourself that it's not real the fear is not real it's super hard yeah. right it's super hard to get there but there's another piece that pulls us down and oftentimes it can pull us down before we even get to be able to walk into that cave or that master area of fear. And this is where um, Catherine talked about it. And these are called chains. And so this is like, we've all heard this type of an analogy before, but it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that like, it's the co- the amount of little things just adds up until it just weighs you down. Yeah. Right. It's like, it, the idea is that you can, you can, um, you know, you put a backpack on, right? And you can carry 10 pounds, but can you carry a hundred 10 pound weights? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Right. Cause now you're talking a thousand, like now you're talking a thing where you're not going to be able to achieve that, but it's like, it's, but they're all these little tiny 10 pound weights. Like you didn't totally carry that, but it's enough. And I think yeah. moms really experience what this feels like in a very visceral way. Right. Because it's you, you take on so much, so much of everyone else in your family. You take on their things, their problems, their issues that it's not even going to be dealing with like your own issues. You're now are like it's manifesting or your concern for your children, what they have going on, whatever the issue is that they have or the concerns or the issues for your, your husband and then your friends. And then it's all those things to where oftentimes you guys are the last ones in this, in the story that, you know, is told to us. And again, it's the idea of like what society manifests, what is put out on social media and it becomes very apparent that it's like you're never you're never good enough. So it's it's no matter how well you think you did today, you can go online and you can look. It's like, well, damn it. 
Yeah, I did like a load of laundry, but she like was able to look look like how organized her whole closet is. Like she was able to do it's just it's that you're never good enough. Every time that Henry's like, This is disgusting. You make shitty food. Or it's I hate you and you're not a good mom. Like whatever all all these like just little paper cuts throughout the day. Of course I know he doesn't hate me. Of course I know he's just a picky little bastard and he doesn't actually hate my food. He just hates food apparently. Right. But it's like, it's these little things that get told to you that help write the story that then gets portrayed in your head. Right. That it, and that's why I think moms feel those chains so heavily is because as a mom, there's not a lot of wins that you get. And I, and I talk to you about this all the time. It's just, you go to work, and if you work really hard at something, you a lot of times can see the result of that. Where it's like, if you really, really prep for a meeting and you get the sale, it's like, God damn, I did that. Like, right. you can check a big box. For me, it's like, okay, I cleaned out the garage today. And then five minutes later, those bastards can wreak havoc. And it's like, this was all for fucking, like, what? There's not a lot of check marks that get solidified as like i did this and this is a win and we're moving forward a lot of times as a mom it's you're just you're constantly running in circles and again i think you get the ultimate check mark at the end but you don't get to experience that until you've raised them you know where it's like you and i think that's why everybody that has it's like oh enjoy these little moments because it's because it's you have now reached the point where your kids are grown and done and they're living their lives. And it's like, <sighs> I did it. Right. I raised them. They're not in prison and they're not psychopaths, right? To an extent. But it's, you have, you were in the shit and you grounded out every single day and now you're out of the shit. And so looking back, it's like, oh God, cherish those moments when they're three and they're throwing their chicken nuggets at you and telling you how disgusting they are because it's, it goes away so fast, but it's like, it's, it's, they have experienced the win already. Right. And I think for moms that are in the shit is there's not a lot of wins yet. So that story becomes very negative very quickly and it spirals really quickly. And there's this weird assumption that you should have your shit together. Yeah. But you know it's, what I mean, like, it's like, oh, well, like, well, it's on social is it's, it's because of, because of the me. And I mean, we've done it throughout history, like in the 1960s socialite circles. It's, it's like, and the help did a great thing with it where it's like the one mom was real excited because she couldn't afford the dress. So like she made the dress and was real proud of it and right. then showed up and it was like, yeah, but like this one bought hers at Bloomingdale and it looks a lot better. Like it's always about comparison. So that's existed way before social media, but it's that comparison's always there and it becomes very easy to have it be a self-fulfilling prophecy that it's no matter what it is, it's, but it's, it's the idea of the person that I don't want to talk about that we know that like everything that they do is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's like, well, I'm a big fat failure and I know I'm a big fat failure. And they like try to like almost purposefully bite off more than they can chew. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. But it's, I feel that as a mom and I feel how, 
things can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is especially in the realm of comparison and especially because the fact that it's like we're, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yeah. It's like, I'm still going to go in every day and I'm going to clean the garage and I'm going to clean the kitchen and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to be proud for five seconds that it's done and it's clean, even though I know that it's going to get destroyed again. And we around and around we go and that's why moms go crazy. But... It does help, I think, having, whether it is a social circle, whether it is having a coach, whether it's having a super supportive spouse. So when you come in and you're like, the house looks nice. Yeah. It's, you're not just saying that. Like you, it's, you have recognized that it's, you worked really hard on something. Congratulations. Like you've done, you can check a box today, even though it's, or how many times do I tell you? I'm like, I swear I fucking cleaned this kitchen today. And it looks Right. Like we haven't touched it in six months. It's, but I tell you all the time, though, if you don't aren't doing those things, just imagine, just imagine right. what it would look like, like if you didn't do it at all. Like, But it's I need moms especially need the reminders that it's we're doing the work and that it's not all for nothing. Like we right. need the person in our corner. That's whether it is your spouse or it is your friends or it is whoever. You or it's your to, mom. Right. Right. Like your own. Yeah. yeah you, you need somebody so that it's not like you feel like shit. And then you go on Instagram and see even more about how much you're failing. Cause you're not feeding your kid. Right. Organic kale. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's totally, there's so many areas in life now where it can reaffirm our own insecurities. If totally. we're looking for it. And that's it. It's that story. Yes. And that's so the story needs to be rewritten where it's, you need a cheerleader. It's just like, mom, you did it today and it was a shit show and it's going to be a shit show again tomorrow, mm-hmm. but you're going to power it. Like you can do it is you need somebody to constantly boost you where it's okay. Cause for a mom, it's the ultimate long haul. Again, yeah. we don't get we don't get that daily win like you do, which is like I worked really hard for two weeks on doing my research to prep for this meeting or this sale or whatever, and today they they fucking signed the contract. Like right. it's we don't get that. Our reward comes when they've left. But you and, and but here's the thing is that you can you can, if you, you can get those support. wins. You have to break it down, though, yeah. to be like, this is my win for the day. And that's what, like, gratitude journaling, all that but is that's it. super but, cheesy, but it absolutely matters. But and for it, sure. And yeah. that is definitely part of that introspective work, yeah. right, that we do. Like, one of the eight things that need to be done every day, one of the eight is you're doing what we've talked about before, but it's it's called that armchair work, which is yeah. what did you do well today? Yeah. Why? What did you do poorly? What was your least focused thing that you got done today out of your list that you needed to get done? Why? What can you do to make this a priority for tomorrow? And that goes back to the daily five and like reprioritizing. And it's, it's, you know, Michael is we're trying to, cause you do bullet journaling, which is another thing that we've talked about. I've read half the book. Yeah. I got lost in it, but it's you like it changed your life pretty dramatically. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you do is you have pages where it's just like, what are you right? Like, why does this matter? But it's, you will write something that happened that day that you like is memorable, mm-hmm. whether it's good, bad, or ugly. You will write something that you want to remember, something that's important, something that you felt like you will write all these things. And with Michael, now that he's in middle school, as we started doing this is he has a student planner mm-hmm. and a, we're rewarding him daily 
um, when he is able to write something for all five of his periods, right? right? Because it's, it's, he was crying the other day because he just started school and it's like, this is so hard. And, you know, we're, and again, perhaps stupidly is we're trying to compare it. Not like, oh, yeah, you think your life is hard? Well, my life is hard because of blah, 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 blah. And and I didn't do that though, by the way, because he, he did do, he did that. He's like, well, you have work and your work is so much easier than middle school. That's what I was going to say. It's just like, we're trying to say, well, dad, these are the things that dad does because dad has a lot of balls he has to juggle in the air. It's like, these are things dad does to help him. It's like, yeah, but your work is so much easier. Middle school is so hard. And that's why for me, I didn't even touch that. It just was, yeah, it just is what I do for you. It looks like what I do is easier. Mm -hmm. And this is why it looks easier to you. And this is why is do these things. And I said, I do these things. And that helps me keep track because he's but, been lucky enough where he can do most things by memory. And yeah. at some point, he's not. those but wheels the, come we off. Caught, and we were purposefully kind of dug the knife in a little bit more because it's the idea of like we need to scare him now so this doesn't become a thing. Is like he wasn't writing down what he needed to do. And so we said, okay, you didn't write it down. Cause he's like, I just, I know what I need to do. And it's like, okay, right. then what do you need for science? And it's like, he could not recall. Right. And we're like, okay, you have homework. I, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, your teacher said you have nightly homework. So what's your homework? And like, we rode his ass to right. the point that made him feel bad. Cause it's, this was not a thing now, but it will become a thing. Well, and because it's, it's a non-skill issue. Yeah. And that's always for me. It's like it's it's either this is an issue because you lack the skills. This has nothing to do with talent. Exactly. This is, just this is a non-talent do. issue. Yes. This is an effort issue. Yes. And um, But he's been doing really well. And he writes – He has he's made like an other category that he writes. And he right. will write where sometimes he's just like, I hate Jim. It's stupid. Like <laughs> that's his thought for that. And day. I don't think we told him to do that. No. Like well, I didn't I say said, like this is how I do it. I it just t- I'm like – and dude, I'm like it doesn't have to be period one is – because I'm like write something from each class. Yeah. Even if you don't have homework. Like just write something that you did so that you when you go back and you're trying – like that's what we're trying to teach him is as you continue to grow up, the amount of balls you have to juggle become infinitely more. Right. And, I, and it's, it's laughable and it's adorable watching him – because for him, it's this is the most overwhelming. This is the most I've had to manage ever. And this is too much. Yeah. And it's adorable. But it's we're all at different rungs of the ladder type thing. And it's we're trying to teach him now how to be able to to allow for ultimate success as opposed to what everybody does, whether you're 11 or 111 is adults. Again, I tell people all the time this is like. The most disappointing part of becoming an adult is realizing that your peers are always going to be children, no matter what age you are. Yeah, you're just old kids. You're just old kids. Because it's, I can't tell you how many adults, just it's like, how the fuck do you function on a daily basis and like put on your pants? You're so disheveled. And one leg at a time. One leg at a time. But I, I told him is the idea that it's like, even if you don't have homework, just write something about yeah. your day. Cause I'm like, at some point you're going to have the feeling of like, I'm forgetting something. You know what it is. And I'm like, just looking back on notes of like, okay, in English, we're reading this book or in history, we're learning about this. It will help like things to connect. That jog you back to yeah, that But moment. I'm like, just, it doesn't always have to be this like, black and white thing i'm like you can also just write your feeling for the day yeah and so for sure he has started doing that but it's what i noticed you do and it it helps 
again, it's just, I think everybody needs to have moms do it all the time. And usually it's a negative story, but at like the end of the night, cause moms always go through the checklist of like, cause that's usually what happens is it's like, you finally laid down to bed and you're like, shit, tomorrow's house color day. I need to get the blue shirt. Where's the blue shirt? We have to wash the blue shirt. And it's like, I can't tell you how in the middle of the night, how many stupid things the other night I woke up at two in the morning, dead set on the fact that I needed to repackage Henry's lunch because I was worried that he wasn't going to be able to get the package open and he was going to starve to death that day. Like that thought overpowered all the other things. You're laughing at me right now, but it's, it was, it's a real thing. And I think that it's not unique, but it's because we continue to have to juggle more things. Things become infinitely more complex as we age and the more that we delve down, it's always easier to just stay at home in your bed. Right. But the more that you become brave enough to take those steps and be willing to fail a little bit is the more you need to have some sort of assessment of win. And again, I think moms at the night when they're going through the checklist is just as important as like, okay, did I do this? Did I do this? Does this person have this? Yeah. Is it needs to be some sort of, cause it's like, well, yeah, do gratitude journaling. Do it. It's like, fuck you. And you're, you know, it's, I haven't got time for that shit, but it doesn't have to be. But that's the negative story. Yeah. That's yeah. the story that's in your head. And which physically is I don't have putting time. pen to paper has so many benefits in and of itself. But sure. even if you have told yourself that you don't have time for that, it's just a literal thought of like, think of one thing. Because we do this with Michael all the time when he spirals out of control because mm-hmm. he's a negative Norda. But right. it's like, what's one thing? What was your favorite part of today? It's right. just focus on one good thing that transposes like in that you can put into a that's that's what's on your mind yeah that's what you're focused on because you got to realize that negative story it's when you look at the day it's when you look at your list do you focus on things you didn't achieve or did you focus on the things that you did Mm -hmm. i mean for me and it's always but this this happened way before i'm a mom and it's it's something that i have to work on the most because i'm super competitive and always have been so it's and that's what would drive my mom nuts all the time is my parents never had to like i'm pretty sure they stopped parenting me in terms of like make sure you do your shit when i was like five because (laughs) i was always self-motivated enough not that i'm like that I'm wonderful. It was just, I was way too competitive. So it was, if I got a 97 on a test, that would sit negatively with me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't focus on the fact that I got 97 questions right. I would focus on the fact that what three did I get wrong? Mm-hmm. Where did I fuck up? That's what I would focus on. Yeah, and, and that's it, a problem. It's, and a, it's so, a fine line, right? It's yeah. a fine line of wanting to be the best. And there are going to be certain pieces, but you got to understand that if you want to be the best, it doesn't mean that you're going to be the most healthy. Yes. And I think that that's where it's, it's a big piece of that, of deciding like you're going to therefore have give and take. If you want to be the best strongman competitor in the world, you'll probably die before you're 50. Yeah. But that's the give and take. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be 500 pounds, in body weight mm-hmm. so that you can be stronger than everyone else at all the things and you do steroids and you do all that stuff you will be the best mm-hmm. there's no one better than you but that's the question it's not who can be the healthiest like well look at these guys yeah. it's like 
that's not their goal. Their goal isn't to live and pick up their grandkids and be 85. Their goal is to be the best. And I think that, you know, when you look at old people that are like, it's, you know, with age comes wisdom type thing. Right. Is that old people seem to fall into like one of two categories, not hardline, but it's either they're old and they're assholes. <clears throat> right. And they hate life and they're grouchy all the time. Or they have the perspective of this is adorable because it doesn't matter. Right. And it's, I think the ones that are happy and that are not assholes, they have learned that these stories that we have told ourselves our whole lives that we have to be a certain way or we have to, it's success equals sacrifice and that you, you gotta have, grind. You got to grind. Yeah. Gotta grind every day. Is that 24 seven? Right. You're like 25, the, eight, the things that you need to do. Like it's, and that's why people that me, I am mortified by the state of my children. And I mm. think for other people looking on, it's like you kids are adorable. It's right. okay. Because it's, they have that knowledge. They have learned that it's, you live once and that's it. Right. And balance and happiness is what should matter the most. And I think the ones that are super crotchety assholes still are sitting with those demons. For I, I would I would totally agree in with those that. negative stories. Yeah, what's and I the just think story right. That and I think in. that someone, an old man that's this happy you know, I think of my grandpa, whose nickname is Poops, right? Is He's sitting with Henry on the couch and he's like, you know, grandpa's whatever at this point, 97. And he's like poking Henry and he's goofing off with Henry. Right. And it's Henry's just this obnoxious toddler that's like climbing all over him and he loves it. Mm. I'm mortified because it's like, oh my God. He's going to hurt grandpa. Right. And Mm. or that grandpa doesn't like it because I'm so used to old people just. Right. Right. But it's. He obviously has the perspective of. In the grand scheme of things, like, this is so trivial. Right. And whatever has happened to people along the way, it's like the Karens of the world. Mm. That it's like, we need to focus. This is the most important issue that exists, and we need to broadcast it to the world. It's like, no, it doesn't. It, it ultimately doesn't matter. Right. And they have just had, Grandpa has had 97 years of practice at being able to retell his story. Yes. And to tell him. And that, rewrite his own story. Rewrite his own story. That it's what actually matters. Right. You know, what do I actually want to achieve? What have I achieved? What more do I want to do? Because my life is not over yet. And it's, they just, they, they, it's something that when you see those happy old people, it's something that you aspire to be mm-hmm. because it's, I am so ridden with anxiety and worry and stress and the what ifs and the, am I doing this right? And what, and it's just for them, it's it, it in the, in the grand scheme of things, it literally doesn't matter. Cause those are old chapters. Yep. You know what I mean, those are old chapters, but the same way that we that look at Michael's done. sobbing in our bedroom. Cause he can't handle sixth grade. Right. Cause it's the hardest thing he's ever done. It's like, that is so adorable. It's the but, equivalent of grandpa looking down at me in my thirties of like all the things you're worried about right now. It's, they don't matter. But what's important is that that's not the advice, right? Cause that's just, and it's what it drove me crazy as a teenager. And it's like, Oh, well you don't understand cause you're too little. Yeah. And it's like, that's not helpful. No, it's not helpful. Like it's what I need is help. And like if you the, have wisdom, 
bestow that please, upon me. Please share. Like, what's the thing? Like, yeah. what is the thing that can help me yeah. achieve, like, get past this? Because this is my world right now. This is the chapter that I'm living. And, I'm, and again, this isn't to toot our own horns because we screw up all the time. But in the moment where Michael, you know, it's we're ready for fucking bed. He's now interrupting our time. And he's sitting on our floor sobbing. It could be like, dude, sixth grade is not hard. Yeah. Freaking, you just get the fuck up, go to bed, yeah. figure it out. You're little, Don't you're too little to understand life is hard. Like, because I can talk, because that's a lot of times what I feel in my brain. It's just, ew, why are you crying? Why are you like this? Yeah. Quit yeah. being a pussy ass bitch and stand up and like do what you need to do. Right. But it's, I also sympathize with his intensity of emotion. Right. That he can't handle. So it's, there has to be a productive outlet. And I right. think we as adults too, when we are throwing a tantrum and sobbing in a corner, is we need, again, we need a rally team. We yeah. need a coach. We need a friend. We need a spouse. We need a partner that is, can pull us out of our own head. Right. To be able to. To give you something productive yeah. that can be done to focus on. The, the one thing that, is important of knowing what you really want to achieve because the cave is going to be there that 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 overarching story of that self doubt or whatever that false story is mm -hmm. that you're telling yourself over and over and over again it's always going to be there and eventually you need to go through that mm -hmm. and then you can tackle that because there'll be something else that'll arise that yeah, you need to be able to tackle don't avoid the cave right but sometimes so we were talking about when it came to the chains to the equivalent of like they're weighing you down and weighing you down. One of the most deadly set of chains that I have found that I am very prone to taking on uh, is going to be, and lots of people do this as well, so I'm not alone, but this is the idea of being busy, like busy, um, being busy, being busy. So you're busy being busy. And this is very much where you can fall into this if you do have your lists. And this is where it's you fill your lists with things to do that aren't actually things that need to be done. I'm terribly guilty of this. Right? So there is things that are – but you, the only way that you know that you're guilty of this is if there really are larger goals that you want to achieve mm -hmm. or things that you need to do. And you are finding other things to be done so you don't have to go after those because maybe they're uncomfortable. Yep. And But you only get that ability to make that change. Wait, a quick pause. But it's to, to, to come back and add it again so if I could try and capture what I was thinking. But it's we're busy being busy. Mm -hmm. And we have this. But if you don't know exactly what those goals are, you will fill up your day with things that are not actually things that need to be done. And this is the importance of taking the time to say, okay, what are the things that I want to achieve in a month? What are the things that I want to achieve in three months, six months, a year, whatever it is, have those be laser focused mm -hmm. because what ends up happening, and these are the most deadly chains, is that you start coming up with ideas that can be great ideas. And this is where I will suffer from is that I have goals that we want to achieve for our business. Mm -hmm. And this was very much where we started this whole kind of conversation talking about the um, who we were working with this week that's in this really dark place. And what I believe that they have found and what they've identified 
is what they actually want with their goals are, are not in line with what they have been doing with 95% of their time. Yeah. And that is very overwhelming. That's a very, it's a harsh reality. Because that's like, because what ends up happening is that I think the story is we're going to fail and this is not going to work and I'm going to be a failure. Like it's like, that is the cave that exists. That is the story that's being told in the back of this person's mind Mm -hmm. and talk about some areas that end up can be very much a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're not careful of you start doing things that are going to push you closer to the cave, Mm -hmm. but you haven't done the actual steps that are needed of like, well, what is the actual goal? Well, the goal is that like we can make money. Okay. So what have you done today to help you make money? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we've been doing this, 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 and this. Is that actually helping you make any money? Well, no. Okay. So now we have a very real realization that it's, oh no, mm-hmm. we've been spending so much time. And the problem is they've been getting really good at doing this, 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 and this. So that's what's so deadly about it is that it's, it doesn't mean that these things that you're doing are not good ideas. Mm-hmm. They're not that you're not getting better at a skill, but it's not in line with what, what your what actual you goal is. Yeah. And that is so hard. And you were really voicing this to me this week as well. I'm, I'm having all these examples all over the place this week of this, of this idea that it's, I don't know exactly what I want yet. Yeah, I haven't articulated my goal. Right. I don't know what my goal is, but what I do know is that I want to be able to have flexibility. Like for sure you voiced is like, I like being able to have the flexibility to have a choice of what I'm doing. But you've started working in your your nine to five world a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's, you start getting yourself caught in the trap where it's like, well, I could do this full time. Like I could do this and I could do this and I could do these things. And the issue is, is that because it checks a lot of boxes, it checks so many boxes for you. Mm-hmm. And, that well, you do- and I think that's what people, whether it's as goofy as you're working on your nine to five or you're doing the damn laundry instead of avoiding what you need to do, is it still checking boxes? You're still accomplishing something, right? but you have to really reassess is like, okay, yes, it's making you feel good. You're getting a lot of check marks, but what is the ultimate goal? And it has to, but that's why we like with Catherine's stuff is it's not a, you fill out, it's called the actuality assessment where it's right. like you're putting pen to paper of like what your, your, your ultimate goals are. And then you break those down. It's, it's not, you do that once and then you work towards them. It is a constant reevaluation because the one thing that we know is it's, that's why it's so stupid. God. Where it's like, I had heard, it's like, oh, well, now in the schools, like, they're going to do, like, these career paths and, like, helping, like, and it's going to start in elementary school. And it's like, haha. Well, my son wants to be a superhero. So that's his current aspiration. Yeah, so that. it's like, so it's like, well, I think that's wonderful because it's, and it's, I understand the sentiment, but it's like, it ultimately is bullshit because it's having even an 18 year old have to choose a singular path based upon their goal. Like, how often does that actually come to fruition? Or what is every adult story? It's like, well, yeah, I went to college uh, to be a lawyer because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And now I'm like, and now I 
fucking a brewery. Hate. Now I own a brewery because I hate this. Because it's because your goals evolve and that's a normal thing, especially from adolescent. I mean, Jesus. But it's like whether you're 18, whether you're nine and you're figuring that out, you're 18 when you're figuring that out, or you're 49 when you're figuring that out. It doesn't matter. Right. Because, again, adults are just big kids. It's you constantly need a reevaluation of your your day, your week, your year, your life on, okay, this is what my goal was. Am I working? Am I am I still in line with that? Is mm-hmm. that still what I want? Have things evolved as I've as I've worked toward this? Have my aspirations? I mean, how many times in business where it's like, I just want to have a business that I can do blank. It's it's every everybody that's made it at some point. When they're grinding it out, the goal a lot of times is just, I just want to make money. I want to make money. And then it becomes a, I want, now that I've made the money, I want to be an influencer or I want to start a movement or I want to help people. Like it's the goal evolves so greatly. And you have to have that muscle that is strong of doing that assessment and doing that constant introspection of where you want to go, what your goals are. So then the things that you spend your time on are, are always on yeah, yeah they're on track of in, where you are at that day that's right. why it's a daily thing it's a daily activity mm-hmm. um amazon started selling books yeah yeah yes that's, that's all a great example yeah that evolved mm-hmm. and as that evolution happened right we're seeing a real live mm-hmm. comic book supervillain come to life mm-hmm. right and that's so for sure, that evolution, my guess is he didn't always want to become a supervillain. Yeah. But obviously, that's on this dude's list. Right. And that's good for him. But it's... But you have to have that evolution. Yeah. And the fact is, is that I think is that if you, we can get so wrapped up in nose to the grindstone and cranking things out and then having those feelings of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making it, I'm making it, I'm making it, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden what ends up being like, it's what's crazy. And it's like, it's so obvious if you're ever like on water or um, talk about like airplanes or anything that goes for a significant distance when they're traveling is that if you're one degree off of your destination it matters a whole lot. Yeah. Once you get there, once you go far enough and you've been one degree off that whole time, you are now 600 miles off course. Yeah. And it's like, Oh shit. That's another great example. Yeah. And so that is where you constantly are recalibrating, mm-hmm. making sure where am I at? Mm-hmm. Where's the line that I want to go? And if that line needs to change, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is the line that at some point when I really sat down and said, this is what my goals are. Mm-hmm. This is the line. This was my true north. Mm-hmm. This is what mattered. Mm-hmm. And then I've been deviating. And most of the time, you're not going to stay dead on. You're going to wave in and out, in and out, in and out. But you need that line to keep you true. But my God, if you decided not to look at the line, mm-hmm. And you went for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years without being like, this is what I want. I think you wake up when you're 50 and being realize, oh, shit. oh, fuck, I hate this. I hate everything that is my life. And how many people do we know that are in that boat? Yeah. How many pe- that's why they literally call it a midlife crisis Yeah, is that you get so busy being busy that you never fucking look at like. Where's the line? What's the map? What's the thing that I actually want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Because I think that you can, if you have that constant recalibration, you either fix it 
fix your line mm-hmm. or you get out quicker yep. of realize like, whoa, shit, this is not it. This is not what I want. And, um, and so those are the chains that weigh us down and pull us off course. And they can, they, uh, have us feel like, cause it's, again, it's, I have so many ideas that oftentimes what I'll tell people when they come to me with good ideas, they come to me with things. It's like, it's, I, your idea is great. It's a timing issue. Mm-hmm. It's the timing in which you want to execute this idea. And this is where we have been getting really refined, not only in our own business, but the people that we also support and help and work with mm-hmm. specifically with gyms and gym owners and those people that we've decided is going to be our niche right now that we're going to continue to support and help is that they have so many ideas and so many things that are coming to them. And where they've made so many purchases and so many different things that they have that are tools available to them that they right now, some of the folks that we're watching that really are folks that we do care about that are just arm's length away from us that we're seeing they're very busy. Yep. They're very busy being busy and it's what's your goal? Yeah. What's the goal for you right now? And it's their goal right now is the actions that they're doing and that is the deadliest mm-hmm. thing because a lot of times it's i don't know i don't know what this is going to become but it's i'm but just I'm this doing is it. right now in front of my yep, face i'm doing it I'm and i have to be doing it and as i'm grinding yeah you know team no sleep yeah and it's like dude like how long are you gonna run that because the wheels and what's do the point the wheels because that's off. that's the ultimate midlife crisis is you just get to the point where it's like what what, what have i been doing what's yeah. the point yeah, you get burnt out. Yeah. And so though that is what ends up happening. So even in Catherine's post, she talks about the idea where the chains can become so heavy that maybe one day you do get into your cave where you're going to start dealing with that and you die in the cave yeah. because you're so weighed down that you can't get out. You can't even turn around and realize like, all right, I've been in this cave. Like I've handled it. I'm and not got, scared. Again, I'm going to get baby out. Baby steps, incremental like just, but just don't be so scared of the cave that you're afraid to, to go in. And like, because take a baby step because you're explore. fearful, yeah. because you're fearful of going in the cave. What you do is you stay outside okay. the cave, collecting chains. Yep. So you're collecting all these chains, all this shit, all this shit that's like now weighing you down. It's like the epitome of overpacking. Yep. Like if you're gonna go for like a fucking long ruck hike or whatever, you're gonna go on the Appalachian Trail. You have to be efficient of what you're bringing. Because yeah. at some point, like if you bring. The kitchen sink, it's going to be too heavy. You won't make it. Yeah. So you have to allow yourself to be like, this is what I need. I'm ready to go tackle this thing and be able to do it. And so I thought it was really good. And so what ultimately it was, um, the, the action items that were tied to this thought that are worth everyone, because it's been something that I've been thinking about too, which is what, what is your biggest cave? What is that thing that lurks behind every thought that you have, every decision that you have, when you start to kind of, when you come up for air or you like come out of like, uh, whatever the, um, the, like the hologram, hologram that we exist in where we're so busy in our regular lives and every once in a while we come up When you finally air, lay down at bed at night. And you're like, what are you thinking about? Breathe. And then it's like, oh no. Yep. <laughs> Whatever that thought is, that's your cave. And it's- I have a lot of those. What are the- Do you have a lot of them or do they come from the same place? And that's the interesting meant, um, exercise to play with is you may have a lot of doubts, but do they all kind of come from the same place or the same area? 
What are the chains that you're carrying? What are the things that you're currently doing right now that are weighing you down? It doesn't even have to be bad things. They could be things that you're actively working towards or you spend a lot of mental work on. But at the end of the day, what is your goal? And is that helping you towards your goal? Because then that's just a chain that's pulling you down. And can you or will you eliminate those chains that you're just collecting as you go in circles, as you see the scary cave that's like right there in front of you and you're in the circle pattern collecting a bunch of shit to carry with you to go in. It's like, oh, well, I need to go into this cave. I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. Are you willing to kind of get rid of those or start to really look at it? It's like I can strip these away because it's not that they're not important right now. I just I don't need, you know, I, I, I don't need to have a mattress if i'm gonna go on a hike it just be it's about it's about bravery it's about taking dipping your toe in the deep end just a little bit you don't have to jump in but you have to do something that just allows yourself to explore kind of those inner demons a little bit more because it helps you redefine what you really want what you really want it where you really where you really want to go right The fact is, is if you want to be able to go in the deep end and swim in the deep end for a little bit, just because I enjoy weightlifting doesn't mean I should bring weights with me if I'm going to go swimming in the deep end. Is you got to decide like what those things are, and so that's where it's it's are you willing to let go of those things? Because right now that's not what you need to be able to go conquer kind of that cave item. So it was a good enough mental analogy for us. I feel like we've been in here. We our kids have been screaming for Cheerios like for at least an hour and a half. Yep. We're definitely done. So enjoy that mental exercise. Ta-ta. You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at at It's Possible VS. That's V as in victory, S as in Sam at It's Possible VS. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. You can find John at on Instagram at jbanksfl. And you can find Amy on Instagram at amy.m.fairbanks. That's A-I-M-E-E dot M dot Fairbanks on Instagram. If you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on, you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on, shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.